Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is January 30th. Today we are going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block, which is Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapters 4 and 5. We talked yesterday about how important this first part of Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4 are. The story that we see of the temptation of Jesus Christ is such an important story because it gives us the opportunity to see and reflect on the tactics used by the adversary. It's important to know the tactics of the adversary because those tactics haven't changed a lot through the years. The scriptures teach us that after this powerful spiritual experience that Christ has, he then goes into the wilderness where the adversary is going to tempt him. In Matthew chapter 4, it says he's led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted of the devil, which doesn't make sense because we know that that is not the purpose of the Spirit. And the Joseph Smith translation changes that to to be with God, not to be tempted of the devil, but to be with God. And Luke kind of verifies that Joseph Smith translation when he says that Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, I love that he goes into the wilderness, and there are a couple of reasons why. The first is we talked about the possibility of John the Baptist being a Nazarite, set apart and held to higher standards. And as part of that Nazarite vow, they take some time and they separate themselves. And we know that John himself also was in the wilderness. But my thought is on that is... Oftentimes, God uses a wilderness to prepare people, and I think that John was just being prepared for his mission, and that that wilderness experience wasn't necessarily part of a Nazarite vow. Now, he may have been a Nazarite. There's a lot of evidence that points to that, but I do think that this time apart in the wilderness was a time of preparation for John. Think about the children of Israel. Oftentimes, we think of them wandering the wilderness for 40 years as being a punishment to them. But it wasn't a punishment, it was a preparation. It was an opportunity for them to prepare themselves for the promised land. John was in the wilderness. He was eating locusts and wild honey. And while that sounds like a massive punishment to me, it wasn't a punishment, it was a preparation. And here, as Christ begins his ministry at 30 years of age, he sets himself apart from the world. He takes time apart from the world in the wilderness as a preparation for the ministry that he is about to begin. So I love that tie that we see to the children of Israel and also to John. But it's also important, as we talked about yesterday, that this happened right after Christ's baptism. He has this incredible spiritual experience where he hears his father and the Holy Ghost descends upon him as a dove. Just this awesome spiritual experience followed right by the temptations of the adversary. We talked yesterday about how that's kind of the adversary's MO. That's what he does. He will find opportunity to attack us after moments of spiritual clarity to try to diminish the experiences that we have. This is a warning that Elder Holland has also given. Listen to what he says. He said, I wish to encourage every one of you today regarding opposition that so often comes after enlightened decisions have been made, after moments of revelation and conviction have given us peace and an assurance we thought we would never lose. In his letter to the Hebrews, the Epistle Paul was trying to encourage new members who had just joined the church, who undoubtedly had spiritual experiences and had received pure light of testimony 
only to discover that not only had their troubles not ended, but some of them had just begun. My friends, oftentimes we feel like we have these beautiful spiritual moments and we think, oh, I'm never going to forget this. I'm going to hold on to this forever. The spirit that I'm feeling is going to be with me always. My friends, it's in those moments. It's like it sends out a bat signal to the adversary. Now is the time to attack. He attacks us in moments of highs, trying to get us to question those highs, to question the revelations that we've received, to question the spirit that we felt. And so in our lives, when we have powerful spiritual experiences, we shouldn't be surprised if those are followed by temptations or attacks from the adversary. It was that way with Moses. We see it here with the Savior, and the same rings true in our lives as well. So let's continue on today and talk about some of these temptations of the adversary, because as we said yesterday, these temptations haven't changed over the thousands and thousands of years. So if we can see what the Savior did to overcome these temptations, it gives us power to overcome temptations as well. In verse 3 of Matthew chapter 4, it says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, we'll talk about the specific temptation later, but let's talk about the very first thing that the adversary says to Christ. If thou be the Son of God, he attacks his identity. Let's cast our minds on this similar experience that Moses had with the adversary. He has an amazing spiritual experience. He sees worlds without number. He is told by his father in heaven that he is his son. And the first thing that the adversary says to Moses is, Moses, son of man, worship me. Very, very similar experience. He started off his attack on Moses by attacking Moses's identity as a son of God. And here he does the same thing to the Savior. Very first attacks his identity. If thou be the Son of God. My friends, understanding our identity as literal children of God is one of the strongest things that we can do to overcome the power of the adversary. Understanding not only who we are, but whose we are empowers us to stand tall in our identity and stand tall as children of God. This is something that President Nelson has talked to the youth quite a bit about lately. And on his Facebook page, he made a social media post that said this, labels can be fun and indicate your support for any number of positive things. But if any label replaces your most important identifiers, the result can be spiritually suffocating. I believe that if the Lord were speaking to you directly, the first thing he would make sure that you understand is your true identity. My dear friends, you are literally spirit children of God. No identifier should displace, replace, or take priority over these three enduring designations. Child of God, child of the covenant, disciple of Christ. Any identifier that is not compatible with those three basic designations will ultimately let you down. Make no mistake about it. Your potential is divine. With your diligent seeking, God will give you glimpses of who you may become. My friends, it's our identity as children of God that gives us strength and power to withstand the temptations of this life. And as we try to seek God out, 
He can give us glimpses of not only who we are, but glimpses of who we can become. And with that understanding of who we can become, we have power to overcome the temptations of the adversary. Remembering who we are and whose we are gives us confidence to stand firm in what we believe. President Hinckley once said, Never forget that you came to earth as a child of the Divine Father with something of divinity in your very makeup. The Lord did not send you here to fail. He did not give you life to waste it. He did not send us here to an impossible situation. He didn't send us here to be tempted by the adversary, believing that we would fail or knowing that we would fail. Instead, he sent us here with something of divinity in our very spiritual DNA, knowing that if we could catch glimpse of who we are, whose we are, and who we can become, that Satan could have no power over us. My friends, oftentimes we talk about Satan as if he had power, as if he was some powerful being who could control or dictate our actions to us. But it's my testimony that he has no power that we don't first give him. He has no power that we haven't turned over to him first. And you and I, because of our relationship with God, because of our potential to become like God, we are more powerful than the adversary ever has the opportunity of being. If only we can catch sight of it, and if only we can remember our true identity as children of God. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 